Hello and welcome to the week in review. Um, you may think that there's been some sort of coup d'etat at the top of Bournemouth Mag magazine, and Michael has been ousted. Um, that isn't the case. He is uh, he's he's going for a number of weekend breaks in the last month or so. He's he's uh, apparently down in Cornwall today. So once again, I'll be taking over. It's a different episode this week as there's no uh, third guest. It's just myself and Luke Perry. Luke, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm very well. It's a shame we have a man down this evening. Like like when Napoleon was exiled to St Helena, Curzon is has been sent to live in Cornwall. Mm -hmm. So um, yes, but uh, we should make things. We should return to normal as as soon as possible. And my comment on the weather today: now, the weather over the last week has been very deceptive. I've looked out the window in the morning; it, it's a bit cloudy. As you step outside, you're thinking, "Okay, this is a trouser day." And then halfway through walking a dog, you're thinking, no, it's much warmer than you realise. And at 12 o'clock, the sun's out when it's full heat. Um, I, I, I had a weird one yesterday where um, I went into town to just you know, grab a coffee and just hang out. And um, it was overcast when I left the house. When I, By the time I got to town, it had gone very hot and I was uh, in a complete mess. And then by the time I'd walked home, I'd caught the rain. It was uh, yeah, quite a, <laughs> quite, a, quite a bipolar day yesterday. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's been I've been like that the last week. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, enough with the weather. And you, you mentioned getting back to normal. That's the uh, the theme of today's discussion. Um, but before, I thought we'd do a quick little um, tip of the hat to the England national team. We recorded this on a, on a Friday. It's gone on a Saturday. So when you listen to this, tomorrow is the big day. Um, England's date with destiny against the Italians in the final. Um, yeah, good luck to the lads. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm not happy about the. The politics espoused by the FA in the last month or so. I think it's now a fair to say it's a it's a captured institution. But some part of me will always be happy when my country does well in anything. So good luck to the lads. Bring it home. It, 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 it's coming home as we'll all be chanting. Eleventh mm -hmm. of July and then twelfth of July. Hopefully we can say it's come home. Mm -hmm. And then by the thirteenth we can set about uh, undoing the sedition of the FA. Um, but uh, once we've got over our hangover, <laughs> um, yes. So we're here to discuss the getting back to normal. Um, we are now um, nine days from the fabled reopening, um, Freedom Day, as it's been called by some. Um, how do you feel, Luke? Do you, do you feel confident about uh, getting your freedoms back, or do you think this is just just a stick and carrot? I mean, I, I think that the government now seems generally committed to it. Boris has been busy standing down the opposition when, before, when the 21st of June was approaching, he was sort of standing back a little and always said, oh, let, let's wait until things take their course. But now government, contrary to what we were talking about last week, has just a complete change in rhetoric. I, I feel I must hand an apology to our new health secretary, Sajid Javid. I, I, said that it seems more like a change in personnel than policy. He's the safe bet. He's been the Tory party forever. But no, he appears to have had a bit of a revolution with the health department. Mm -hmm. Sort of makes you wonder about the uh, the convenience of that camera found in Hancock's office, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it feels like to me like, like the government sort of, you know, uh, put its finger in its mouth, raises it to the air and seeing which way the wind is blowing and... Um, yeah, it seems that the government has come up against a much larger pool of uh, dissent than it initially anticipated. The um, the wave of anti-lockdown marches, while not getting any press attention whatsoever, pro probably by design, um, is I I'd 
say you could probably call it one of the largest protest movements in recent British history. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty, it's probably larger than, than the People's Vote protests. Yeah, it's probably as large as the anti-war marches. Mm-hmm. No, we, I think we were too young to remember, but yeah, too young to remember. Sort of and, scale and think that would have been maybe in the low millions, but um, yeah, that 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 sort of brought back a lot of people and mobilised against this. And again, while the press hasn't covered it. Um, it seems the government is, is is now aware of a much larger pool of resistance to ongoing restrictions than we thought. Um, so that's the the next reopening, uh, you know, covered. But um, obviously, the the question then turns to what happens in the autumn, what happens in the winter. If this virus is seasonal, then surely we can expect to be put back in our homes over Christmas. Yeah. And even the vaccination rollout, as successful as it is, COVID in this maritime climate has largely proved itself to be a seasonal virus. And then much like the flu, it's a flu-like virus, what's been said since March. So I, I think cases will go up, deaths will go up, but and the fear-mongering and perhaps the restrictions again to match. Because mm, that's what I've noticed, that, is that a lot of people... Um... Typically, typically uh, identified by a, a mask in their in their uh, Twitter photo, have been saying, you know, that they're not going back to normal. We shouldn't go back to normal. This is too dangerous. Which, at this point, you've got to say to these people, just stay in your home and just l- 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 let us have fun. <laughs> it's complete paranoia. Mm. Mm. It, it it is the bureaucracy as the cover for our twentieth issue. Mm. And uh, I I remember I I was in town yesterday. And I, I, I was in the, the local spoons. That that's my getting back to normal. And um, I, saw, I saw a sign as you, as you walk up the stairs to go to the laboratory, and it said, "Everyone has the right to feel safe." Keyword: feel. Yeah. Now I don't expect that from establishment like such as spoons, but it, it just shows that the um the, the framework of which we're operating, everyone must must feel safe and, and accounted for, even if th- their solutions do not match up to scientific evidence. Hmm. Well, that that's part of the milieu of the regime, right? Safetyism, among other things. Yeah. This, this idea that safety is the is the ultimate virtue in that, you know, God forbid anyone ever. Yes, it's, it's being suffocated through bubble wrap. Hmm. 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 Yeah. Um. I mean, I. I'm not sure if this is still how it's done, but, but when I was a kid and I got I got chickenpox, it was seen as being a good thing, right? Yeah, same. Well, we're, we're in the same generation, and I remember it was when my it was in my sister's class in primary school that there, there, there was a bit of a chickenpox outbreak, and but all the parents kept their children in school so their kids would catch it, and then the rationale for our parents get immune, get it over with. You couldn't see that happening now. Hmm. 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 Yeah, it, it's it's. When a um, kid sneezes, that's it. It's Defcon one. Right, right, yeah. But also, I think kids are aware of that. You know, so the sort of the teenagers are a bit, a bit more aware of that. We've seen stories recently of kids who have been using uh, cans of fizzy drinks to fake positive tests and get their entire class sent home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah some kids were using lemon to um. Yeah, and they're dripping the juice onto the lateral flow. I mean, I, I just wonder how many false policies have happened because someone ate fish and chips the night before. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, like we, we know that deaths are inflated because of the way they count them. They count them by dying within a month of a positive test. So, I mean, the, the, the thought that cases aren't also massively inflated by just manipulating data or just faulty tests is, 
is you know it's it's very likely that the numbers we, we, we've we've been spoofing over the last year and a half are just bull. Yeah, uh, and even the word cases, even the terminology is not accurate. I know Peter Hitchens has made this point. Our the word cases it mixes the healthy with the um, the sick, but when all, all the warnings saying there could be 50,000 a hundred thousand a day yes only at most a handful of those will, will succumb to the virus mm-hmm. yeah um it's just it's just an umbrella term and that's, that's been the staple of this pandemic mm-hmm. that's why some people think if you get covid it's a death sentence yeah there's um it, it, it might be slightly worse in the u.s but I, I remember seeing studies from about this time last year saying that a worrying proportion of the, the American population thought that COVID had killed like millions of people in the US. No, it, it was a similar study here. I mean, I, th- I think people thought that the virus killed ten times as many people as it has. I mean, that, 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 that's that's all down to um, the op- operation terror, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To the to the incessant fear mongering and, and propaganda, uh, and they call this is all due to mass mass media trying to get clicks. Uh, and I remember another study seeing that um, older people are the least worried about the virus, despite being most at risk. Young people are the most worried about the virus, despite being least at risk. And the only thing that separates th- those generations is, of course, access to mass information. Mm, 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 yeah, there's um, there's a really good cartoon I saw in I think the Telegraph um, and it's uh, it shows a, a couple in a basement who are, you know, in this just in the darkness and it's surrounded by you know posters saying you know like keep your distance or you know spelling you know doom and gloom and no hugging and stay home protect the nhs save lives all this you know all this propaganda and then suddenly johnson's flung the door and said all right come on out you know like in a way i'm not surprised these people are just so neurotic about reopening right because they've been fed like just fear for the last yeah. year, for the last year of their lives, and now they're being told, oh, "That's okay, that's hard." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the government is never going, and the media is never going to undo the damage it has created of terrifying people in, in into their homes. That's what COVID anxiety s- syndrome is a thing. And mm. I think someone, one of our columnists, James Black, wrote, wrote a piece from us a while ago on the, the four requirements to really make it Freedom Day. One of them was to spend as much money on um de-stressing people about covid as they did on fueling the hysteria to the stars yeah no, no, there's um again i i'm i'm very skeptical of um mental health discourse generally speaking um it, it was all bogus wasn't it i mean before this pandemic happened mental health was was like in vogue hmm. it was all about breaking the stigma and yeah the, the, the minute everyone was divorced from human contact went out the window yeah exactly yeah the, the, the it's a trend were, yeah yeah exactly it, it was it was a fad and it was it was just seized upon but um but with that said i i think that there needs to be some something done to you know to um just just address just the trauma that a lot of people have not necessarily gone through because of the virus but because of because of you know endless propaganda telling them that, that if they do anything reminiscent of normal life they're going to be they're going to have blood in their hands yeah it's just it, it, even people who who are doubly vaccinated are still dedicated to wearing masks and following the rules number one makes sure what's the point of vaccination number two it, it just really 
shows the level of fit. I think it's part it's part PTSD as well. Hmm. But, but, but it's, it's, people have been purposely traumatized. But it's PTSD that's that, that's caused by um, exposure to media, not necessarily to virus. I'm not sure about you, but like I even during the first lockdown during the first wave when you know it was sort of it was, it was almost like apocalyptic you know before it dawned on me that you know this wasn't as bad as it was being made out to be i wasn't hearing ambulances every day you know every day on my walk i go past hospital and it, it wasn't rammed there were nurses outside you know on fag break having a chat it was at no point have i seen any you know end of day scenes to do with this virus uh, and someone said to me, it, it, you'd notice this pandemic, it, 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 it would be um, unobtrusive. You wouldn't need the media to tell you that they'd, they'd be using local schools and stadiums as morgues. You'd see it. You'd see it. Yeah. Yeah. You'd see it. On, you'd see it on the street. Yeah. You, and that's kind of. Um, I, I, I really think the root of all the hysteria was in the early days when this thing was still relatively contained within uh, Wuhan. When there was images that we now can assume to have been fake or at least doctored of people like clutching their chests and part and dropping dead in the street, right? Yeah. And um, like it was just this is end of days scenario that just um, it, it it forced the hand of Western governments to just to go down this completely insane route for again for a virus that for a majority of people who get it is. At best, at, sorry, at worst, a slight inconvenience. And um, of course, the government's fearful of, of this virus and the need to be seen to be doing something. That made them try to force people into compliance. And they didn't try to use, well, they, they did lockdown, but not as overt methods as China is literally welding people into their homes. But they needed to induce the, that sense of guilt, that sense of fear to um, make sure people were, of course, following the rules. Yeah. I think the time for me when uh, I was never fearful, but I realised that this thing wasn't as deadly as it was made out to be, was quite early on. Uh, I saw a chart on um, how um, cases versus deaths aren't couching for, unback, uh, for um, asymptomatic people. And, of course, asymptomatic people, but before the days of mass testing, was very difficult to quantify. Yeah. So... So the mortality rate was something percentage, but that percentage was way overinflated. Probably the most inflated figure of this pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I remember during the first lockdown, I would, I would sort of. I, there was a site we can go on and see like live stats, and I was, I was sort of on there like at least once a day to look at the figures. And suddenly, just all the people, I think the the among the infected, the death rate is very low. Yeah. You know, scale that to the wider population. Factor in that you know we've had we've done what over two hundred million tests now in in this, in this country what enough for like four for every single person in the country and and the the numbers just just aren't corresponding with any sort of you know mass crisis really mm-hmm. um and and then that's, that's another area where again the propaganda comes in where it, it isn't just the government propagandizing it's um it's everything it's it's i think adverts have a play a very big role in normalizing new things right and um so many adverts i, I see these days, like very rarely will they not depict some sort of new normal yeah whenever um i just think 
whatever these the delivery services like uber eats and the delivery called now of course this has made a killing off the pandemic that and any adverts you see or before that they spray the inside of, of the containers and they put their masks on before they cycle out and it, it, it's in tv shows as well i remember um watching this show did, did you ever watch your honor with uh, no. brian cranston all right the important thing to take was, was that um production had to stop production filming had to stop halfway through because of, of, of the pandemic so the, the set and crew re re return after many months away and you can just see the clear divide mm -hmm. i mean it, it's about an ongoing court case basically and so but before the the, the pandemic arrives it, it's all what we would class as normal and the the episode after there's, there's no attempt to make a break in this you see everyone wearing masks in the courtroom. The Black Lives Matter movement also showed up. So they're chanting no justice, no peace on the streets. So it's just pure naked propaganda. Mm. The ones the ones I've seen are, um, I've seen the, the Google one with all, all the questions. It was like, can we hug now? Or what yeah. is reopening it? I, I'm, I'm, I'm now convinced that reopening anxiety is, is a psyop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like long COVID, isn't it? Yeah. One of the symptoms of long COVID is tiredness. Well, half the country's bloody tired. Yeah. Sick and tired, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, the Uber adverts too, where just masks, or adverts where they, they elbow tap at the end instead of shaking hands or mm. just anything. Like it's, it's um, I suppose because, you know, if, if, you're, if you're watching the football or anything on TV, then the adverts sort of just become like white noise in the background. But it, there's almost this like, brave new world thing going on where where it's like you know it's whispering to you while you're sleeping it's like you know, it's just there while you're yeah. passive and it's going in and going in and um again it's like it might just be me but like i don't know anyone who really has severe reopening anxiety i see it on twitter and i see it normalized through like adverts and that, that kind of thing but it, it just it just feels like it's just like a a, a method of keeping just essentially weak-minded people like compliant. Yeah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. An advert pops up saying, what is reopening anxiety? And people are going to go, well, should I have reopening anxiety? Right, yeah. Yeah, because mm. it, it, it appeals to like a herd mentality thing, right? Where people think, oh, this is what the herd is doing. Well, I should be doing this, right? It's like, it's like, you know, it's like if you yawn in a room, like three people will yawn after you. Mm. It's, all, it's a signal, signal, signal goes out and, and, and the people in society, unfortunately a majority who do just go along with things, yeah. Oh, I should uh, do I have this? Do I have that? Yeah. And it's just, again, that, that combines with this safe-based culture of the West. Now, the, the need for safety, of course, we'll see long before the pandemic. It's it, how lockdowns could happen in the first place. And um, that, that being safe enforces a, a mentality because if you're with the group, you are inherently safer. Hmm. Yeah, safety. So, so, Any rebellion is dangerous hmm. and hmm. too risky for you. Hmm. That probably explains why um, dissidents are, are so like maltreated. Um, like any um, any any doctor who's come out against this this stuff has had their like Wikipedia page or their internet searches like just completely vandalized by like slander and mm. you know, attempts to like delegitimize their qualifications and that that kind of thing. Where it makes it to the point where um, if you if you say if you're in, if you're in a, a debate with someone who's you know fanatically in favor of this stuff and they you know go use google or wikipedia as like a source it, it's they're going to win because it's, it's stacked against it right 
I mean, Google itself is literally pushing this propaganda through its adverts, through, you know, what is, mm. what is, what is this reopening anxiety? Can we hug people, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it just shows an, an, another negative of mass information. Documents can be changed so quickly overnight. Uh, I, I remember seeing a YouTube comment saying that the only dictionaries I'm using are from the 1990s because the ones made after the age of the internet are just too untrustworthy. Yeah. Remember, yeah. Going, going outside of COVID um, in the US, one of Trump, Trump's last Supreme Court nominee, now, she, she said a word to the um, Democrat oh, like majority. sexual preference, right? Yes, yeah, she said the word sexual preference. Oh. That, that day, Webster Dictionary changes its definition online. So a senator the next day can say, this is a discriminatory term. Why? Because Webster has tagged it mm, as mm, a discriminatory mm. term. Yeah, no, they... they, they we're we're fighting they... the future, basically. We don't know what we're going to be up against. <laughs> they did the same thing with the word racism, right? So that it... it, 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 it can it now means o- prejudice and power. Yeah, it, it, it now... The work, it, it can now no longer apply to the the, the majority demographic in the society. Um, also, I think um, I think they changed... I think, may, may not have been Merriam-Webster, but they changed the definition of anti-vaxxer to someone who's, who's against... who's opposed to... Um, and law, law, laws that, laws that require vaccination. Yeah, so a, a, anyone can can enough look and look online without any knowledge of the past, and this is now their frame of reference. Mm, this mm. is what it's always been. That's 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 dangerous. Though. Like that speaks to like the rewriting the past. Yeah, exactly. It, it speaks to the modern day and and how um, through mass technology that is basically centralized within a cartel in Northern California. Um, it it makes sort of information tyranny so damn easy because it's it's literally it's in it's in a few hands who 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 collaborate with each other to achieve certain ends. We saw it with Alex Jones and Donald Trump, right? A, any anything really. Any anything any post on any Silicon Valley platform that, that mentions COVID or vaccination is then fact fact checked, right? But the fact checking is not reliable because it's you know it's got a, a particular aim in mind. Yeah, I, I mean, seeing this across the political spectrum, with as, as you've said, did you also get a um on Facebook? Are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't use Facebook, but I, I occasionally I'll glance at it because you know, like relatives will send me like a message on there and I'll look at it and yeah I've, I've seen that and I've seen things like um I've seen tweets like um someone said you know listen I, I took I don't know the, the AZ vaccine and I had this weird side effect and then it, it gets like not removed but no one can comment on it because it's seen as being information and there's there's a there's a little link at the bottom provided by um the, the, the website saying that um oh the vaccines are trustworthy it, yeah. it clicked to know why yeah 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 and, um, snopes whatever yes it's 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 so incredibly passionate but i think people have seen right through that mm. I, I think that the reason why, why lockdown is ending is because the government knows that it cannot sustain the, the level of trust it needs i mean this is due one because information has been so partisan and lockdown forces are, are so dogmatic and the second is of course people writing or claim or claim to um, adhere to the rules have been found not adhering to them mm. or at mm. worst breaking it i.e hancock mm. Mm. probably the nail in the coffin yeah 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 it's it's, it's interesting that that's why hancock went right it was you know it was the the fact that he you know he he, he got off with his, with his secretary and not 
the fact that he, you know, made people die alone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at the time he 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 had his back on his um cabinet door. The um there was I think I don't, I'm not sure whether there was still a stay at home order, but still um laws not to see your own family. Yeah, yeah, but yeah there there were uh, household mixing was still uh, was still prohibited. Yeah, and uh, I remember bef- before he got off with the secretary, he he uh, appeared appeared on Sky News, and it was asked a question on um, should people be having casual sex, <laughs> and he he sort of flushed and said, try and avoid it. But mm. yeah, it's mm. we've all been played for fools. Oh, this is the same guy who 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 clearly pretended to cry on television. <laughs> yeah. He, he had that, he had that, he gave us a little look that um, I think is referred to as uh, Duper's Delight, which is when someone can't hide a smile when they're, when they're, when they're lying. Yeah, it, it was sort of, I know this is audio, so the audience can't see, but he's sort of clutching his eye. Yeah, like and this. there's a little grin. Yeah, yeah it's, it's evil man, evil man. But, um, okay, so, so we, we sort of naturally come back to the sort of the, the the root of the discussion, which is the government's changing rhetoric. We've had, you know, Hancock has has left the office in disgrace to go and be with his his uh, his, his his new woman. Um, Javid's come in. Javid, who supposedly has you know uh, libertarian credentials, I was saying to you beforehand that he's a supposedly a a, a bit of an Ayn Rand fan, which. Sure, we've all been there, as you <laughs> said. <Sam. laughs> we've all been there. Yeah, I, I, I was profoundly influenced by the Fountain Hill when I was nineteen. Um, but now the rhetoric has really changed, and it's the one thing that we've been hearing um, from fringe voices now being echoed by the likes of Boris Johnson, Javid, Chris Whitty, even saying that it's now the time has now come to live with COVID. Which I mean, uh, one, I'm disappointed it's taken them this long. Yeah. And I know that they've reverted back to uh, the social conservative notion of personal responsibility about bloody time. I, but, but again, I, I, I'd, very, I'd hesitate to say this is a conservative move and not a cynical one, right? Oh, no, it, it, the Tories are just a left-wing movement. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um... Yes, the time to live with COVID, which is something that you know we we could have told them six bloody months ago, right? Yeah. That um, you know, that as soon as the elderly and vulnerable were vaccinated, then there's basically, there's no justification whatsoever to keep these laws in place. Yeah, yeah let's have a, have a look at what what awaits us nineteenth of July. Now, disregarding any further restrictions come autumn, which I think is likely, so that the rule of six will go. The numbers limit for events such as weddings and sport venues will cease. And most importantly, there will be no restrictions on singing. Yes. Um, anyone who, who uh, was, was in a um, drinking establishment for the semi-final knows that rule isn't really enforced anyways. But it, <laughs> yeah. th- thank you, Whitehall. <laughs> I, I, remember, uh, I remember being in the pub for the, uh, the game against the... Czech Republic, and uh, there were two screens. One was like one was showing England, one was showing the Scotland game, and they went three th- one down. And um, a chant rung out of uh, Scotland's going home, and uh, uh, luckily the bar staff did nothing to uh, to, <laughs> to to assuade that. So yeah, I mean the 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 the, the rules are, are selectively enforced. But um, no- another thing is the uh, is the the dreaded mask will now become a a personal choice. But not for us. Oh? 
whoever's establishment we right find yes, ourselves yes, under. yes 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 well again that that's the thing isn't it that that that's where there's going to be the the the, sort of the official culture is going to apply pressure on places to you know again it'll be it'll be a thing where uh, the the mask is the ultimate symbol of loyalty right if you wear a mask outside that shows that you are you know utterly loyal to this new health regime right so it's going to be clear what what's going to happen is you know is that outlets that don't um require a mask are going to become targets for some sort of scandal right yeah, yeah. they're going to be used to sort of as the as the scapegoat when the new when the next set of uh rules come in place probably in the awesome or winter yeah it's it's, it's going to become a new culture war front the same old playbook the non-conforming will be blamed mm-hmm. and yes but, um but again, uh, as as will be my 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 legal. I mean, fair. I, I I very very rarely wear a mask. I, I, only when uh, there's a a brick shit house working with door in Tesco. Um, <laughs> you know, on in in, in, in I know you go at the gym a lot, which should go a bit more. <laughs> in, in my in my local off licenses on the train, the tube, even mm. don't don't wear one. No, never really get that much. Uh, that, that much thing of people because I'm quite tall um, but yeah no uh, so it's, in, it's it's a good it's a good move it's a I'd say probably a twitch of a finger in the right direction but there'll still be you know culturally enforced pressure to um, yeah. to remain masked but again that on paper will be going uh, the Premier League's been told that they can open a full capacity now so I think things will resemble normality to a degree however the one thing i always say about this is that this won't truly go away it won't truly be in the rearview mirror until the covid act is repealed yeah one the covid act is repealed and and number two the um, societal hysteria ends Mm. that that probably that probably won't end one enforces the other and it's it's a cycle in the end yeah yeah yeah. that's true that's true there's a you know the, the reference between you know politics and culture and law which affects which which affects which but I, you know i i, I seem to think, think it can go both ways yeah yeah like for whoever's in power yeah it's like law can affect culture culture can affect politics and any any combination of, of, of the bunch so um the 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 statute in place that the government has essentially rule of decree to um cast draconian rules whenever it, whenever it so wishes based on you know predictive modeling that never really comes true um it will it will be there until this ghastly act is repealed in, in, until then I, I i won't feel comfortable saying this is truly over now no, it, it's the sort of damocles looming over our craniums mm. and i think if if july the 19th happens whenever i, I think the the, the media will, will still be going about over the course and whenever they say there's been a steep rise in cases, there's been a steep rise in cases, and the experts come on and say, why have we opened up? How could the government let this happen and kill all these darling people? And uh, again, the COVID Act is still on the books. You've got the culture enforcing the law and law being appreciative of what the culture is doing for it. Mm, mm, mm. I remember you saying you wouldn't, I've cut a few weeks ago, you wouldn't trust the freedom handed to you. Uh, that's, yeah, no. that's the fear that's a feeling all us lockdown skeptics have yeah no um again it's i the, the fear i the fear i have is, is is not to do with my health or the health around me as far as i'm considered 
the only thing we could possibly have done has been done, which is to um, reduce the risk of the elderly and the immunocompromised from dying, right? It's literally like, like our only other option is open up or lock down forever. Yeah. Right? Like, like those are our, our options now. Um, so yeah, so again, for, for every day that this, this law is on the books, I, I won't re I won't wake up thinking, oh, I should make plans for next week. You know, because because again, like it, it it turns on a dime. You know, I was preparing uh, for Christmas last year, right? We've been told categorically that that it was that you know there weren't going to be new r rules in place for Christmas, and suddenly there there were. You know, because it changed it changed on a dime. Yeah, I, I mean, my um, birthday in late June was, was near the um, the old the old Freedom Day, and in the run up to it, I'm thinking, will the laws go? Will they not? Because I mean, for, my birthday was only five days past the twenty first of June, so it was cutting it close to begin with. And yeah, yeah these are the big plans you could make. I mean, people. I mean, many people um, still need to get married. Of course, many people have hold off that because they don't want to pick winners and losers. And why should they? They shouldn't. Yeah, I, I certainly share your um, your concerns there. Yeah, well, my mine's um the the end of August, and I'm not, I'm not even sure about that. Yeah. I, I I mean, pe people need need to make big plans long in advance, and big events are um, the first targets of, of um, lockdown restrictions. Of, of course, I mean it, it, it's easy arranging someone with a walk so, to go for a walk with someone, but you know, booking to travel around Europe to see the Euros. Yeah, that was that was of course made impossible, wasn't it? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a thing. Is that um, yeah? It's just the, that really is the, the root of all of it. The 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 fact that even though you know, um, this is it's probably the most normal life's going to feel since about February two thousand twenty. Because mm. given what we're allowed to do and what we aren't required to do, i.e., wear masks, um, I think, I, I think. The QR codes might might even be um, t taken away, but um, contact tracing is due to stay for another month, up until the nineteenth of August. Okay. But everyone's it's... deleting the app, anyways. I, I honestly, I, I was saying this the other day. I've never had the app. I've never used the app. Um, if I can't sign in with pen and paper, and by that I mean give false information, I'll literally, I'll just like, I'll. I'll open Twitter and have a little scroll while, like, you know, aiming my phone at the QR code and go, all right, I'm in. <laughs> and then it's always like, no, I one, mean, it's, it's all a performance, right? Yes. Yeah, I, um, it, it, it's all for show. Sure. I mean, it's not just affecting the elite who, who are writing these laws, it's with the ordinary people as well. They want to, it's not just, people aren't just getting COVID, they also want to be seen to be conforming. Hmm. 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 Yeah, it's um, it's not only signalling virtue, but, but signalling loyalty, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's I'm I'm on the right side of history. I'm doing yes. my part. It's this like it's this it's this foundational myth of of uh, the COVID era, which is you know, if you all pull together and and do our bit and you know, make sacrifices, we'll vanquish this thing. When really, it's look, it's a uh, <laughs> it's a respiratory illness it's not it's 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 yeah. probably endemic at this point it's not going anywhere 
or like and and there's not really any fear to be had there like i'm not vaccinated i'm, I'm probably not going to be and, I, and i'm going to be fine yeah you know, no one's gonna die because i go and hang out with my friends once a week i i, I saw this cartoon of a um the first frame it, it was a, an old masked lady um pointing on the shoulder of an unmasked, a fairly young man. And then, uh, and of course, she's pointing at her mask to indicate that he has to wear one. And he goes, no. And then in the next frame is the Grim Reaper also tapping on his shoulder. I'm thinking, it's what I've said before, people think COVID is a death sentence, but the, that that young man is very unlucky to die if he does catch COVID. But it was, it was another frightening aspect about this is it's given people a cause giving people something to fight for now uh, some people have of course compared this to uh, this this generation's world war ii weirdos but it, it's it's something to have in your life because life modern life was just such a vacuous void to begin with and um this i mean this pandemic has given a chance not not just a virtue signal but to do some really bad selectivism you're not you're not storming Normandy. All you're doing is putting a piece of cloth on your face for five minutes. Any any contemporary moral crusade just reeks of that, right? Where it's like, yeah. look, life is too easy, right? Our survival needs are outsourced to the price of you know three pounds for a sandwich in Tesco, right, or for a meal in Tesco, right? Life is too easy, and you get this sort of um, I think what Douglas Murray called a Saint Georgian retirement syndrome, where you know you've slain the dragon. You know, there's nothing, there's no more dragons to fight, so you end up fighting smaller and smaller creatures until eventually you're just swinging your sword at midair. You know, yeah. but, and uh, because it's, lock, it's lockdowns were the manifestation of that. Hmm. Because, because again, because modern life is is basically aberrated and meaningless, right? And um, it's it's uh it serves people's egos very well to have something that they're fighting for but really yeah. you know it's it's both virtue signaling and that's <laughs> sort of the second fright the second the other side of the coin regarding that search for a purpose is how that has affected the elite now of course the experts do not want covid to go away because then they will lose their prestige if the COVID, if the manufactured COVID crisis ends, the COVID Act has to be repealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Th- th- Again, this, as we discussed, th- culture enforcing law and yeah. law helping culture. Yeah, th- th- this virus is is Christmas for authoritarian technocrats. Yeah, it, it has made many a dictator. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets their, you know, it, it used to be you get your fifteen minutes of fame, or now you get your, your Fifteen minutes of diktat, right? You, you get yeah. you, you get to you, know, you get to preach to the un to the unsaved about their about their ways. I mean, I see so many tweets about you know, oh, this this guy wasn't wearing a mask on the train, and when I asked him nicely, he said no, despite how it makes me feel. So I took a picture of him minding his own business on a half empty train and posted it, you know, for him to be fired from his job. Yeah, number one, that's a crime. Number two, that is very that is very sadistic. It is, yeah, it is, and uh, again, and that's the thing, the thing in modern life where our sort of social fabric, which is you know the the mechanisms by which we're loyal to one another, have been completely just shot in favour of you know consumerism or just you know political partisanship, where people won't think twice about taking actions that that they know full well. You know, you like if you. Look, if someone goes against the the dictator of the regime and you out them, you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, 
you know course. you know you're putting their livelihood at risk you know you are and but that, that that doesn't matter because you get the dopamine of you know likes and comments and you get to feel like you're you, you're doing good in life as, as opposed to what you actually are which is probably working some menial mind-numbing managerial position <laughs> like it, equally mind-numbing entertainment at the end of it all. right yeah and it, it's just i mean it's also this sadism it it is hateful as well it is some they see someone not, not wearing a mask they're putting lives in danger and therefore they hate them basically mm. Mm. and uh, just the, the lack of care and trust in your fellow man feels this type of behavior because mm. that they're not seen as your as your fellow citizen they're seen as enemies to be exterminated yeah 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 and any 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 deviation is treated not as you know a, a conclusion that someone has come to but something to be pathologized and ultimately cured yeah it, it treated as, as as evil as the fairy tales would have it mm. yeah mm. i mean that that i mean lockdown didn't create that that was that was already there same with the dying social fabric hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. as we prepare to you know uh to, to to stagger back out into the world um a lot of things are going to come to the fore in the next couple of months or even a couple of years which are you know the obvious collateral damage of what we've done to ourselves over the last year and a half oh yeah the, the first big thing of course is an nhs backlog this crisis was legitimized on the precincts of saving the nhs and protecting lives well of course now with hospitals being inaccessible to any to anyone with anything but covid a record 5.3 million patients are on an nhs backlog many many of which have cancer which if not treated soon becomes incurable and when that backlog is attended to, that's when the NHS will face a real crisis. That's when mm. probably we'll be need to clapping outside our doors on a Thursday evening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that. there's that. Also, there's the obvious economic effect where the economy is on life support because of furlough. Uh, but yeah, that, yeah. Can't, that, that can't go on forever. Mm. Um, it, it's fueled by deficit spending, which is just a kicking the can down the road but the can gets bigger and bigger until eventually you can't get past it it takes up the entire road um yeah, yeah no we're sleepwalking into a into a crisis that's going to vastly outweigh you know a a, 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 a what is essentially a, a, a moderately riskful respiratory illness yeah i, I um wrote a piece last week for the, for the online about youth unemployment now of course us two being youth this was very depressing to, to jot down but yeah um, as a young people the least at risk will be the most affected by all this they are going to a ruined job market not by because there's not just many jobs because there's also a backlog and no one was hiring last year and uh, many of course were disproportionately furloughed mm. now furlough is just hiding the figures at the minute because people who have already lost their jobs but stuck on furlough are still classes employed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, a, a friend of mine who works for the Department of Work, Work and Pensions was telling me that um, he was looking at um, the, the the figures of people who are claiming universal credit. And you know, whereas you know a couple of years ago it would have been people who were you know just down the luck. Now it's like it's it's graduates. Yeah. There's lots of graduates who are claiming universal credit now because. The, the the job market is shot. I mean, I remember seeing a story last year where 
a bar in Manchester was advertising a position for like a shift manager, right? And they had like thousands of applicants, all with you know degrees and masters degrees. Uh, I, I remember that's when hospitality was first starting to reopen up again last year. People hiring staff, and it's just very basic positions, very low level, but they get you know former managers applying, and um, it's it just shows how uneven the job market is. Mm-hmm. Anyone young with no experience is toast. Yeah, and 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 that's going to go on for a very long time. They say the average pandemic lasts about two years, but the average economic crisis lasts about five years. Yeah, we just we just got out of an economic crisis as well, <laughs> largely. So, two yes. economic crises in my lifetime, and I'm not even 25. Um, well, I well I will be 25 this year, and uh, yeah, there's the the world that I'm sort of entering my mid 20s into. The world that is supposed to be my oyster, as as the, as the lie that we're sold in school is uh, quickly vanishing into one that is just made up of uh, either managerialism or, or, or techno serfdom. I mean, I, I, I'm a recent graduate. Just got my degree, got my grade back last week. But yeah, my the the rest, the latter half of my degree. So at the end of second year, well, second year it was first was plotted by strikes, twelve weeks of them. Then COVID shows up, so I missed the end of my second year. My third year completely written off, all online lectures and seminars, and uh, now I enter a, a very very frail economy. Mm-hmm. I mean. That will that will uh, cause depression in young people as well, not mm. just the social atomization, mm. the lack of hope. In a way, you're you're lucky that you got out of the the, the academy now. I mean, you know, um, and and that you, you didn't go to university in Manchester, which has now said that it it, it possibly won't be returning to in person tuition at, at all. I mean, I I think I'm very lucky that I I, I finished university about a year before this happened. Yeah, I mean, luckily, my, my final year, when co- when the lockdowns were on, I, I was in private accommodation, and I was told that there were um, guards wandering my old halls. So, mm. I, I mean, an, anyone who was a fresher, it's just the worst time of their life. My, oh, yeah. my, uh, one of my neighbours, their uh, son go, goes um, to, I'm, go, I'm going to name the university, name and shame the university, the University of Lincoln. And uh, the... Uh, is a first year he was in halls basically under armed guard could only go to the corner shop tesco and back and for easter he was allowed home luckily but only for 24 hours oh how gracious i know how great and that was a compromise as well the um, stewards union kicked off because they weren't going to let him home to start with <sighs> it's it's old these have been my, my my final comments, and this is directly addressed to everyone who's enabled this to happen. One day, your eyes are going to open, and you're going to see the world that you've created, and you're going to be horrified. And when that happens, don't come crying to us because we tried to warn you. Yeah, my final send off will be um, what goes around comes around. Mm. Enforcing these dictates now getting people fired from the jobs for not wearing masks what, what one day um the the punishments of whatever the elite decide will fall on you and like, and social conditions will change mentalities will change like the sort and of you will this. be caught on the wrong side of history well on that as michael would say on that bombshell we'll uh, leave it there for another week um 
bit of a bit of a tangential ranty one this week, but uh, I think we both feel the same, which is that um, while life may be getting back to normal, the the underlying tyranny remains firmly in place. Um, thank you, Luke, for contributing. Um, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Cheers. <laughs>